Welcome to Avoid All Spoilers. I'm Brad Bellinger, and joined once again by Megan O'Connor. So, what's up, Meg? Not much. I'm up this morning, so lucky you. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about Hellboy. Um, Hellboy. So I just, I just caught up on that last night. Yeah, 2004. Ron yeah. Perlman. There's actually a lot of big names in this movie. Oldie, old, oldie but a goodie. Yep. <laughs> Yep, Ron Perlman, John Hurt, uh, the voice of Abe was actually uncredited, but done by David Hyde Pierce, so John, uh, mix that, Jeffrey Tambor, who is an Oscar winner, and an Emmy winner, I believe. Oh yeah, that's right, he played the, uh... He was in Arrested uh, Development, Transparent is his most recent win. But yeah, right. a lot of award-winning big names in this movie. I was impressed. Yeah, then you got Guillermo del Toro as mm-hmm. director. Mm-hmm. And who writer. Who apparently and really story wanted board. to. <laughs> yeah, he apparently really wanted to do this movie, and when he yeah. was given the choice of doing either Blade, yeah, I believe the, the third sequel one. Yeah, Blade, I think. Yeah, or, or maybe it was the second or third. Third. I don't know. I can't remember which, but when given the choice, he actually chose Hellboy. I think I can figure it out real quick. Let's see. Uh, well, I say I say I'll be able to figure it out quick. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. It was the third. He was offered okay. Blade Trinity, but he went for Hellboy instead. Yeah, we'll have to discuss Blade and its sequels sometime. <laughs> it's Blade One, Blade Two, and then Blade Trinity instead of Blade Three. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, th- this. I, I love Hellboy. Hellboy is great. I'm gonna have to watch two and three now. I'm gonna have to figure out where I can watch those though. They're not on Netflix, I don't think. I don't <laughs> think they are. Um, I loved Hellboy two. I have not seen three. Golden Army. Yeah, that one yeah. was good. Yeah. Um, you know, just a, a simple little thing that a guy came up with for a poster at a convention turned into a comic book or graphic novel, depending on your viewpoint, and then became a movie. I think that's actually pretty impressive. But it's a good one. It's also a cult classic, really. I mean, if you love Mm -hmm. comic book movies, you need to add Hellboy to the list. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's got all the greats. This is a great one. I mean, it might might as well be in, like, Marvel Universe, even though I don't think it is. It's not, but I could see (laughs) it. But it could be. (laughs) I could see it uh, kind of fitting in. Um, Liz. Yeah, Liz Sherman, Mm -hmm. which is played by... Selima Blair, but um, she sort of has like she's. It's almost like she's sort of like mutant powerish. Yeah, yeah. She like has I, sort, a I lot definitely of, got like, that vibe during the movie where she starts going like full out. Then you're like, ooh, that's kind of like reminiscent of uh, Jean from a little bit. Yeah, how she bit. can't control herself, right? And she's worried about all that. Well, she's so actually it's sort of got a really good character backstory. I I actually which really one? liked Liz. Yeah, Liz. Um, she grew up Catholic, so there's a lot of, oh, my powers are from my sin kind of guilt thing mm-hmm. going on. And that's really messed with her mentally over the years and made her suppress her abilities, which are pretty much all enveloping fire, blue flames, and some kind of psychic visions on occasion. Um, but it's gotten to the point where she's actually... I 
couldn't quite tell from the movie if she had put herself in the mental institution or if she had been. Yeah, I couldn't tell either. But I did get the impression that there were some suicide attempts. So the guilt played very heavily in her character development. And, and she's also in the movie Hellboy's Girlfriend. And she's finding it too difficult to deal with that relationship while dealing with her own powers thing. So you've got that kind of mm -hmm. unresolved tension along with this, I need to get out of the mental institution and help out fighting evil kind of thing, too. Right. And I just love the fire. The fire is a fantastic special effect. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk uh, summary, basically. Um, th th this is not spoilers. This is all, no. this is all uh, what do I call it? Surface information. <laughs> um, so it's like World War Two based. Mm -hmm. um, has to do with Nazis, of course. Of course, it's and easy a movie to blame isn't them. without Nazis. <laughs> um, and they're they're like with like this weird like magic slash like sorcerer kind of guy. Yeah, like, I wouldn't know how to quite explain it. Um, a cult professional. Let's yeah. do that. <laughs> We all know and, that and, it's, the Nazis were obsessed with the occult in reality, so yeah. it's playing on that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's sort of almost... It, it's really good to like place Nazis in it. It's so easy to because of all of their experimentation and stuff mm -hmm. in real life. So it mm -hmm. makes sense that this could possibly be something that they were into. Right, right. A little more plausibility. Um, but yeah, so they're working with this guy and they've done like research and s such to uh open up some sort of portal and then that's where we get the origin of hellboy right mm -hmm. yeah they basically invoke him and he's a baby demon <laughs> yeah and notice one of his hand his one of his arms uh never changes size <laughs> so when he's in the very beginning of the movie he has this ginormous hand basically mm -hmm. yeah, and it just right. stays that size forever <laughs> well, um, that, that is, um, harkens back to the comic book so again not mm -hmm. a spoiler um, the right arm is part of another demon forgive me if I uh, can't remember the name at the moment but his father who is a very common demon used in a lot of comic book and TV shows as a mm -hmm. bad guy Azazel uh, he takes this arm of this one particular demon and actually grafts it onto Hellboy when he's a baby, right before he's summoned by the Nazis, which you know, kind of sucks for the kid. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, he's got this giant, very, very powerful right arm. Yeah, and it's got to be powerful because um, there's things in this movie that can like slice through things like butter and yet mm -hmm. his arm is like completely immune to it basically right um yeah I thought the movie was fantastic I love this kind of movie um it's fantastic special in a way it's sort of like even. a little bit corny but it's, it's off good. a graphic novel what do you want <laughs> exactly <laughs> um yeah I love the movie right um apparently the plot keywords for this movie are Nazi hero demon assassin superhero <laughs> Oh, and, don't and then there's secret 146 others. <laughs> secret government agency. Yeah, and it's got that. It's got that typical. Um, you're not supposed to be seen, kind of thing. Like I'm trying to think of what other movies I can think of off the top of my head where they're like they're supposed to work in secret, and uh, 
No one's supposed to know. Well, X Files, um, or at least sort, not, sort of not like a mixture sanctioned. between Men in Black and like any sort of superhero, right? Yeah, like that little department or group that you know everybody knows helps out, but nobody really wants to acknowledge or give any money to, even though somehow they have this very technologically advanced underground bunker. I mean, like almost like the X Men's basement. Yeah, almost sort of like Shield, even too. Yeah, where like. The he the guy the um that's probably a good analysis. What's his character name? Tom Manning. Uh-huh. Uh They ask about Hellboy and the oh what did they call it? Department of oh paranormal. My gosh. All right, IMDb, you're our friend. Yeah, here. I know. Help me out here. <laughs> oh man, what is it? Oh, I can't find it. You'll have to find it. Um, I'm research queen. But yeah, they're like they're little department he's like doesn't exist hellboy doesn't exist <laughs> of um oh man it's gonna bug me now <laughs> yeah it's department of paranormal something or another <laughs> um but yeah so which kind of almost fourth wally they have like like some sort of like comic book of hellboy yes. within the film Yes, actually, that was drawn by the guy who does the real comic book, which I thought was a lovely little sort of nod to the <laughs> artist. <laughs> but yeah, it, um, yeah, and the kid's like, I'm Hellboy. No, not I'm Hellboy. <laughs> You're Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they're like doing their casual spy job. It's hilarious. Um yeah, he's not a very good agent. I got the impression that he was kind of assigned to this department to get rid of him. Who? The human that goes into it. Oh, um, John Myers? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I, I felt sorry for him. <laughs> Which didn't quite make any sense, right? He was replacing another guy, Agent Clay. Mm-hmm. But Agent Clay was perfectly fine. I don't understand why he was another guy was getting assigned to him. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, if you have a secret government agency, I mean, why rotate that many people in and out of it? <laughs> right? And he already ha- he already likes um, Clay. So, like, what's really the point? Well, maybe they thought but, he was getting too attached. I don't know. But he's got... By the beginning of the movie, Hellboy has, like, no respect for this John Myers guy. He's like, yep, we're not cool. We're not friends. I have friends. You're not them. <laughs> uh, Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. There you go. All right. Well, I think we can dig a little <laughs> bit deeper into some spoilers. I will mention my my favorite character. I mentioned it to you before. Mm-hmm. Was Carl Rubrecht Cronin. Yes. The little Nazi guy. The clockwork guy. Yeah. The puppet. It's like a ninja puppet that they bring back to life. And puppet is really simplistic for what he is I would almost say he's almost an automaton because they wake him up he's kind of been in storage yeah they he's got no up. blood yeah no blood he's full of sand and I would presume some sort of infrastructure and yeah. if I remember correctly don't they have like a little wind up key on him yeah it's like his like little like sort of clock that ticks and yeah. he can use it to uh he like if he before he goes into like slicing and dicing he winds it up, and then in the one point in the movie when 
after he kills Agent Clay, which well, we're in spoilers now. <laughs> oh, we are. Yeah. Well, it's 2004. Um, that's all right. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie yet, shame on you. Um, so when he after he kills Agent Clay, he lays down next to Clay and winds it back with the other direction or something like that. And then mm-hmm. he's like, Ugh, just starts shaking. And then he's like, look, I'm dead. Um, so it's, it, it, it seems like it's sort of kind of like his like motor or something like that. His it's almost sort of like watch, like whining in an old uh, stopwatch, not stopwatch, mm-hmm. uh, pocket watch. Mm-hmm. Right, which is you know I think really is the automaton factor. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, that's a really great assassin because once he's out, if anybody comes in and looks at it, it's like oh my god, what happened here? It looks like just another body. Mm-hmm. You know, so he gets shipped Except off. He wakes up later. Like, the in sand. this like really cool mask, and sand's leaking out of him. Yeah, picky, picky. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it easy for the bad guys to retrieve him. Then. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be a cool costume to go to like Comic Con as. That would. He looks really cool. Um. Yeah, he's he's he is probably one of my favorite characters, even though he's the villain. It's pretty cool. Um. It's well thought out. Yeah. He's really well thought out. Like they're like he's gonna have like these ninja blades that he's pretty fluent in. Right. Um, he's not gonna like you. He's like basically unkillable. Yeah. Except for in in the beginning of the movie when they're in like Nazi. It seems like he might still be himself. Yeah, we're not really given a lot he, of detail on what's inside him, right? Because they open the portal, it gets blown up by. Uh, Oh shoot! <laughs> really, the allies. I'm trying to find his name. He's got like a weird last name. <laughs> his character, I mean, not the actor. Um, but anyway, he throws a grenade to blow up this portal, mm-hmm. um, and like piece of like shrapnel comes and like just kebabs him, and you don't see sand come spilling out. So, well, maybe that was the creation of the automaton factor. Maybe they end up filling him with sand. That's Maybe. The, that's the problem. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying really to think back. I just watched yesterday, and I don't recall if he like did like a wind-up job then either. So he might not have been an automaton then. Yeah, there, there was a lot of things that I got the feeling are in the comic book or the graphic novel that since I have not read it could have explained a few things, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just kind of missing a little bit of backstory to some pieces, a little bit of detail that probably would have made the movie way too long, but would have gone more towards explaining why somebody did something, what they did, or how. Okay, let's see. Uh, I got his uh, biography up here. Um, Evil Nazi scientist that was Hitler's main assassin... And also serves Rasputin, who is the, uh, like, magician guy, (laughs) Mabobber. Based on the actual insane Russian monk. When when was the the year that they gave for, like, the fall of Nazi Germany? They gave a different date than, like, real world date. And it was supposed to be like, oh! um, It was much later, though, wasn't it? They, uh... It was much later. He he said it was supposed to be 45, but the old man says uh, 58, I think. Goodness. Um, right here it says that this guy was born, was, 
born in 1897. Hmm. Um, so I don't know where that places him in age. So, so I think by that we might be able to determine uh, his... Let's see. I, I mean, I guess he could technically be alive, but he'd be pretty old, right? Well, if you think in 1997, in 1987, yeah, in 1997, he'd be 100, so yeah, so he's 90. definitely, he, he had to mend sand at the beginning of the movie then. Uh, yeah. There's just no way. <laughs> he's gone to sand. <laughs> uh, he's only dust under his suit, and he stays alive with a complex mechanical syst- internal system that he cranks up with a wine key. Uh, the system also explains how he has incredible speed during his fights. He, he could also switch off his body, remaining dormant, mm-hmm. until he's reanimated by the guy. But his like, little like gas mask situation, that's like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and underneath all that is just as creepy, right? Like mm-hmm. underneath his, his mask and his suit and stuff... Uh, the guy said he had he had like an addiction, like a surgical addiction, to like body modification. So no eyelids, no lips. Um, then he's got like sutures all over his like body. He's one wacky looking dude underneath. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> that's my first reaction. <laughs> yeah. People who are addicted to plastic surgery, and that actually is a real psychological yeah. addiction which is although i think this guy's going the opposite direction nowadays it's people think they're making themselves look more appealing this guy was definitely not making himself look more appealing he might have thought that but boy was he off track <laughs> maybe he thought without eyelids he wouldn't blink and that way he'd be able to focus more or see his enemies coming i don't know again one of those little he, details that you need but more. then lips doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah no it doesn't very strange um, and I think the only thing he does in the movie is laugh. Which is creepy I don't think enough. he says anything. And he laughs without lips. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Very creepy. Um, and then you have to assume that he's out of commission after uh, he falls into the pit and gets crushed by this giant gear. I would presume so. I mean, um, if anything, that's going to scatter the sand everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Your sand's been scattered, bud. Also messes uh, up your gears. Yeah. He he's he is definitely a, a really cool character. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh so one where, of my favorite parts in this yeah. is the fight in the subway. So In the subway. Yes. So Is that when, the one where they're looking for the eggs? I don't or think that, so. No. Oh oh a, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about before the eggs are even found. You're talking yeah. about the fight with um, the, cre- uh, the creature, uh, um, the cre- the creature that kind of, if I remember correctly, was either made of the sand or broke out of the box. I don't recall. I think his like his like ashes were like in an urn. He was that, like right that's it. <laughs> he was reconstituted. Um, his name is Sam Samael, which yeah. is another demon's name actually. Um, but Samael kind of looks like well, if Cthulhu designed a dog <laughs> with dreadlocks, it's very strange, but. Uh, it, it almost looks like um, Predator oh, slash yes. um, Dog slash uh, Absolutely. Gargoyle. Like, he's like yes. some weird looking dude. 
Yes, uh, he's got kind of a gargoyle body, although he can stand up on his hind legs. But he's definitely, that's a very good comparison. He's definitely Oh, and got mixed the with face. the tongue from Alien. Yes, yes, the big old long tongue. And he, it's gotten loose, and Hellboy is chasing this thing all over the city, fighting it and, and talking to it. There's some really good humor lines, too, while he's doing this. But at one mm-hmm. point, they crash through the street, because I'm presuming these things are very dense and heavy, both he and Hellboy, because they crash through a lot of stuff into the <laughs> subway, and then they fight there in the subway. And even in 2004, people don't get the hell out of the way. They just scream and run off to the side and then watch. And watch, yeah. Yeah. And there's also there's some really funny bits in this where you can tell they tried to lighten it up a little. Like this one girl's, kittens! Oh my god, I have kittens! Save my kittens! And there's a box of kittens. And it's like, why were you having these on the subway? But Hellboy picks up the crate and he's fighting this demon dog thing at the same mm-hmm. time and saves a box of kittens. <laughs> and that's, that just kind of totally threw me. And they're, I know that they were going for the, look, I'm not a bad guy. This is proof, no matter how I look. That, well, yeah, and you know, they include that in sort of, of like his um, <laughs> personality, right? Because yeah. in the very beginning of the movie, when he's first introduced as a sort of adolescent demon, mm-hmm. he is he has a room Full of cats. Yes, he loves cats. Cats are his friends. He's he's like the crazy cat lady. He loves. I don't know cats. if maybe it's because they have tails like he has or something or what's up. But yeah, he has some sort of fascination with cats. Yes, yeah, they don't expect something of him. But yeah, he saves this box of kittens, and I, it's which his way of funny. saving the kittens is picking them up, then continue to fight with the demon. Yeah, it's like why don't you just <laughs> and then once the, the demon gets hit by a subway car. Yeah. Then he's like, here you go, here's the cat's cat. <laughs> I mean, if he can throw this giant demon dog thing around by the tongue, you know, just yeah, no give, tongue. give a little tap with your foot and scoot the crate over to the lady, <laughs> and then the yeah. kittens are safe. Don't pick them up and then whip this dog thing around by its tongue and hang it down into a subway tunnel so it honestly gets squished by the next oncoming train. Mm-hmm. So, but the... Which, the, that's, his, that's his second... Uh, encounter with the uh with Samael. Yeah, cuz one because of the funny lines was didn't one, I kill you already? Yeah, the first one he gets disintegrated. Mhm. Cuz he gets electrocuted. Yeah. Um and this time he gets crushed by a train. Yeah. Um uh, Although <laughs> I do like how he he utilizes his uh pretty much invincibility pretty much, you know mm. what I mean? I mean, he's not invincible. He's uh, he bleeds all the time in the movie. Um, right. I think he has, but, like, a really super healing He's fireproof, factor. for sure. That's, that's Absolutely. Um, and so, basically, he just touches the uh, the third rail in the subway, and then yeah. is the first one. Yeah, he's immune to burns and shocks, which is handy, given his girlfriend plays with fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is probably why he's attracted to her in the first place. Probably. And they sort of try to set them up as sort of, like, a couple, just simply because he's fireproof. She has is, issues. like... <laughs> yeah, issues with fire, so... Yeah, I mean... Boom, there you go. You can't Match hurt me, heaven. babe, you know? That kind of thing. Yeah. Sort of like on... Sort of like... It's like a mirror in X-Men, where you got the... The girl who kills everybody that... Uh, that she touches. Rogue, yeah. Right. And then you have uh, the Iceman. Yeah, yeah, two opposite powers. 
kind of opposite. Protect- I mean, she's not protective per power. se, but one's protected he, against the other. He is protected against her. Yeah, I mean, all she has to do is wear gloves. But yeah, <laughs> which he, which he's not. Um, they, uh, his name is Iceman as uh, like his like, like alias, right? Yeah, Bobby. But isn't he? I don't think he's also necessarily considered. Ice is his not only is not his only power. He's a um, Omega class or whatever. Uh, I think Beta. I, whatever. <laughs> well, well, once he I, learns, I, once he learns to actually, you know, do the thing where he puts ice in front of him, slides along it. It's not really yeah, he, flying. He learns that his really power is moving. in yeah. His power is in ice. His power is the ability to change entropy and things. So. He can take ent- he can take the entropy out of something and make it freeze, or he can add it back and make it melt, kind of, or on fire, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a cool dude, but yeah, it, it, I sort of feel like a like a balance between that is uh, like that sort of similarity is drawn here as they're mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. sort of made for each other as he can't be hurt by her. Right. Get over your guilt because you can't hurt me. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Basically. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. And then you got this uh like immortal lady. Mm-hmm. Uh How do you say I it? Eliza Ilsa Hopstein. Ilsa Hopstein. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um Yeah, I believe in the comic book um from what I'm told because <laughs> some a friend told me all about it that she is actually Hellboy's half sister. So she's like half demon, and that's why. She's oh, is old. she? Yeah. That yeah, because I remember in the beginning he he gives uh, the uh, I don't even know what you want to what we what we should what we should call this guy. Uh, Let's go. We'll with just call him Rescue. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Sure. laughs> he gives her immortality and quote unquote the power to serve him. How handy for when he comes back, right? Yeah. Uh, which. The way he comes back is, like, really weird, but that scene is, like, really cool, mm-hmm. right? So they're, like, in some sort of, like, Appalachian-type mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And they're with the guide, and then uh, Cronin sort of just, like, kills the guy, and his blood spills out into, like, these wells. Mm-hmm. Like, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, kind of... I don't know if it was saving it for later or saving it for a ritual purpose. It was hard yeah. hard to tell. And like, then it sort of spills into the middle section of this ritual type thing. And then uh, Rasputin comes out of that. Yeah. Although I can't remember what, if they explained what happened to his eyes. I don't recall, honestly. I'll have to look it up. But <laughs> something something happens to his eyes when he comes out of like this blood pool or whatever. Um, that's his way of coming back, kind of, because he got sucked into the portal at the beginning. Yeah. Um, this is his way of coming back into, like, the physical world, I guess. Well, it's not physical, it's wh- whatever. I don't our know plane how to of existence. It. Yeah, our plane. Um, and when he comes out, he has no eyes. So I guess, like, and he sa- they say, like, what did they do to you? So I guess, like, on the other side, they did something to him. Yeah, I got the impression that he like, was stuck in sort of a hell dimension. And, you know, of course, yeah. they're going to torture you a little bit, especially if you're an insane, murderous monk. You know, little things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, another character in here that I really liked was Abe Sapien. 
He's the fish guy. Oh, he's fantastic. The fish guy. Um, uncredited, his voice was done by David Hyde Pierce, but David Hyde Pierce didn't want a credit in the movie because he really thought that the guy playing Abe, Doug Jones, was doing such a wonderful job. He didn't want to, you know, kind of take away his, his shine. I thought he was totally believable. I mean, here's this anthropomorphic fish guy, and he's actually a brilliant scientist, but people have to kind of get around the idea that, okay, once he puts on his special little neck thing so that he can breathe out of water, there's this fish guy walking around. But he's also able to detect things, like put his hand on a door and say what's there's an evil behind this door or whatever. I couldn't tell if that was quite a, a psychic ability or a psychic ability combined with the fact that you know, fish can detect vibrations in water, but I, I really liked the character. You were very sympathetic towards him. Mm-hmm. He was kind of made to be the everybody's smart friend character. I'm Plus trying to figure fish. out what's up with this. What's up with his eyes? I can't find it. Um, <laughs> That's going to bug let's you. Just, let's just assume they just took it from If anybody knows, tell us. <laughs> yeah, please. Because it's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, what was I looking at? Oh, I, I will mention the one thing that bugs me about, um, like, one of these, like, minor sort of, like, points in the movie where you're like, how did they do that? That didn't make any sense. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess, like, goofs. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they throw, when uh, Hellboy, they're, um in, like, the temple area kind of thing, mm-hmm. when he throws Tom Manning through this door that's sort of slowly closing downward as the bridge is getting kind of annihilated by these hammers swinging. Mm-hmm. Um, he throws him under, and it shows you him, like, slide through from the other side. And you can see how the door is closing. And then, maybe 20 seconds later, Hellboy goes through, and the door's about at the same height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their door apparently either gets stuck really easily or it's just that slow. <laughs> or Yeah. Which you could see how fast it was going. I I would think it would be closed, but maybe it came back open for a second and then closed It would again. be convenient, you know. <laughs> wait for the star. <laughs> yeah, wait for him to get through. Um, and then another thing is how everybody's clothes isn't affected by fire either. Right? I noticed that. I, I <laughs> love Liz's ability, and you could even sort of explain it, well, it doesn't affect her own stuff, but it you would think that even if Hellboy is immune to fire, that maybe just touching his shoulder or whatever, you might catch his jacket on fire, but it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. I mean, maybe her clothes is protected by fire, like maybe the fire is like outside of her clothes range or something. Um, but definitely not his. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, another kind of goof that I found in the movie is Hellboy's fireproof, right? Right. The whole movie, he's unaffected by fire. Yep. Um, yet, um, in one, another one of my scenes that's really good where, um, Samuel comes through the train, Mm -hmm. right? Right. He runs through the train to the other side. Um, and Hellboy tries to get into the train, and the train conductor guy is smacking him in the noggin with the fire extinguisher. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he falls under the train, and his head just is like, Ugh. 
he comes out the other side. His horns are hot from like the heat. Yeah. And then he touches it, and he's like, "Oh," because it's so hot. And yet, in the entire movie, he never complains about being burned or feeling heat from something burning him. But his horns burn him. Which I I caught that, and it does not make sense to me because he's the one that files his own horns off to stumps. Yeah. Yeah. So and then you he could do that to yourself, like, oh, then why would finger. that hurt? Yeah, right. Yeah, that one totally did not make sense. Um, that didn't make any sense. It was that was very strange. Another flub that was in the movie that I guess in fairness almost nobody would ever catch. Hmm. Um is in the uh, Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Yeah. They have a description that's supposed to read, In the Absence of Light, Darkness Conquers. Uh-huh. Um, apparently that is completely wrong. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, well, not complete. I, I, I lie. Not completely wrong. They, they forget a letter. Oh, uh, a misspell. In Lucy... You want me it, to do it the Latin? have an X after the I, basically. <laughs> do you want me to do it's... the Latin for you? <laughs> sure, sure. Do the Latin for me. In absentia lucis tenebre vincunt. Yeah. Um, it's all, yeah, that. <laughs> they spell it Lucy. It's not Lucy. It's uh-huh. Lucy. Uh, so, minor thing, but... Yeah, you'd think if you're going to go to the trouble of translating Latin, you'd yeah, you would spell think you'd it her. right. And even though this might have been slightly pre-Google Translate, I don't know. It's not that difficult. I mean, if you miss a couple of letters, you really should have oh, known that. Another thing that bugs me that I just thought of. What, what, what? Um, it's, it's Halloween at the very beginning of the movie because right, yeah. uh, what, what's his name? Myers says, oh, good, crazy costumes, right? Uh-huh. When they're running through? Yeah. Well, as a thought, um... Remember when Liz is behind Hellboy and the little kid says, there's a big red man down there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the the mom says, Santa doesn't come around for another... No, not Santa, not the mom. Uh, the doctor says it. Uh-huh. Sa- Santa doesn't come around for another month. But Halloween is in October. Yeah, well... So artistic that's license. way more than a month. But Artistic license. <laughs> It's, it's probably more the doctor thinking, shut up, kid. <laughs> probably. Well, I mean, I guess if you technically wanted to say it, Halloween is at, like, the end of the month, so it it's, like, a month and then, like, almost another month, but not quite. Um, let's see. What is another thing? Oh, oh! Um, this, this one I'm getting from IMDb. What? Um, so... Liz is laying on the table, right, and her soul gets sucked up mm-hmm. the guy by Rasputin. Right. She's under a sheet, so it's almost like she has no clothes on, but when Hellboy carries her out, she's got clothes. Probably a continuity error, but we also have to remember that the movie's <laughs> PG-13. <laughs> yeah. And, and let's make a well, note of that. With all the demons and the violence and the Nazis, Nazis, all of that kind of stuff, it is still only PG-13. I mean... Even though it's Guillermo de Tormo, who, if I remember correctly, didn't he do Labyrinth? I mean, not Labyrinth, um, Pan's Labyrinth. The guy's known for very, very strange movies in general. But he didn't want a lot of blood in this movie. He wanted to keep it PG-13. Oh, another thing that I like. Uh... <laughs> you should have. I guess I should have watched this last night. <laughs> you should have. It was. Um... 
when they're walking through the thing and they're sneaking up on uh oh they're sneaking up on Cronin mm-hmm. the little Nazi guy right and the guy cuts his finger on the the like spike right wall. oh yeah and they turn back and he's gone <laughs> picky picky <laughs> I'm like, no well I'm not picking anything out of it I'm just saying that like it's hilarious how the guy's walking they're trying to be quiet they're sneaking up on the guy. And then he cuts his finger, and it's, like, one of those, like, stereotypical, the guy's got to get, like, alerted to their presence. Of course. <laughs> kind of thing. It's like, ooh, cut my finger. And then he's like, ooh, it's, it's really deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> um, if I did want to nitpick, though, I could say that um, in the previous part of the scene, he cuts, like, the tip of his finger. Mm-hmm. But when he shows Hellboy, it's not, um, it's, like, not near the tip of his left index finger. Oh, so. good catch. Good catch. I do like those things where, like, Little in one things. scene they're wearing, like, one kind of earrings and, like, in another scene they're not. Oh, yeah, continuity errors. Like, those are my favorite things to, like, pick out. I'm like, oh, they changed earrings in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, going back to the Bureau's Latin, something that I find is interesting. And it shows that the people who wrote it and everything did a little bit of research, although, again, their research really should have spelled it right. <laughs> the motto of the Bureau translates to, as you said, in the absence of light, darkness conquers. That is probably a reference to a very famous saying by a man named Edmund Burke that applies to the same situation and applies to the Nazis in general. And what he said was, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. So I think they're kind of, you know, relating to yeah, that right there. It does seem like that. But take their own little take on it, you know. <laughs> um I do like how they I do like how they explain like Abe Sapien how they got his name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's uh let's talk about that for a second. For there's actually quite a bit of science in this movie, if you think about mm-hmm. it. Um and they try to keep the the movie well, they don't try to keep the movie, but the, in the movie, they if they decide that they're going to explain some sort of science, they try to make it uh, like hard science and not right, sci- like not sci-fi. Right, the only thing sci-fi plausible. is things that really don't exist. Yeah, but if they say something about like actual science, then they try to keep it as close to actual science. Yeah, as they go for the plausibility as much as possible, which mm-hmm. I like because I think that gives it more substance when you when you do that rather than just going, oh, here's something. Just believe it because we say. But if you can say, oh, here's something, believe it because the underlying science means it could be possible, I'm more likely to believe it. I agree. Um, ooh, let's see what we got here. Oh, lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and you just watched it last night. God. Yeah, I know. I do like how... I do like uh, when... Uh, Hellboy is talking to Samuel, uh-huh. and he's like, he's talking about how he's a bad shot. He says, "But I," he says, "These are really big bullets." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things are kind of oversized for Hellboy because of that hand. So even yeah. his revolver is gigantic, and we're talking. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, "I'm not huge. a really good shot, <laughs> but these are, but I got really big bullets." <laughs> Well, you know, that's kind of like firing something that's 50 caliber. You don't have to hit the target. You just have to hit near it. Yeah, that's like 
That's like basically like a shotgun mm-hmm. pistol. It's huge. Yeah, take a revolver and, it, uh, and it, giant size. When, um, what's his name? When Meyer loads his uh, trace when his like tracer around for him, right? Uh huh. Um, it's it it looks like uh like buckshot or birdshot mm-hmm. like casing. It does not look like a revolver round. <laughs> that is like like shotgun ammo that they're loading in there. So yeah, definitely like portrays the size accurately. It's not they're like they're loading like magnum ammo in there they're loading like buckshot (laughs) into the gun and it's sort of like a glow stick style right he's like got to crack it before he puts it in (laughs) Uh, yeah i love the movie and i like how they're like this guy eats like a ton like i'm sure i can think of another movie where um some sort of person with either superpowers or something like that has like an unsatiable appetite right Hmm, i'd have to think about that I'd have to think about it for a second, Sounds but I'm familiar, sure that they've done I'd it. Have to think about it. I'm sure they've done it in movies before. More than likely, where they're like, he just can't eat enough. He's always hungry. Um, oh, what was another one of the things that they said he likes? He likes cats. He eats a lot of food. Mm-hmm. A lot of hamburger, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and he had like two giant, like salad bowl-sized things of chili. <laughs> <laughs> And then when he says that he's bringing nachos, he's like, mmm, nachos. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, high-calorie stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And he's apparently an adolescent. He's only 20. Just bitter and jaded 20. (laughs) And then that's sort of like his excuse for why why he acts like a child, basically. And he really likes whatever that candy bar he was given at the beginning. I can't remember the name of it, but... I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of a little hint to his youth. If he still likes candy. I remember that part. Mm-hmm. Because that's how uh, Clay, that's like the advice Clay gives him to uh, sort of get him on his like good side. What, give he, tells My- he tells Myers he's like from the candy bar. Wasn't there a point where he had Twizzlers? Or something like it. I think so. I think so. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Twizzlers. I wouldn't doubt it. Because who doesn't oh. like Twizzlers? Come on. <laughs> Twizzlers, Red Vines, whatever brand you prefer. <laughs> yeah. Now, you do notice. Have you ever had... You've had both of them, right? Yeah. Twizzlers and Red Vines. Yep. Red Vines has, definitely has a different taste than Twizzlers. They have different recipes. Absolutely. Twizzler, Twizzlers are softer, I feel, and Red Vines are... A little bit more chalky, I would almost say, but they're good. I like yeah. both of them. Yeah, they're they're both good. I mean, depending on, I I know that Red Vines comes in a few flavors. Twizzlers every now and then comes Great. out with something like the sour cherry. ones or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, then, cherry cherries. So that that might yeah, be the Twizzlers difference. Twizzlers an innovator. They got like filled ones and ones that you pull apart and. Yeah, I used, to, I used to like the strawberry lemonade Twizzlers. We need to do an episode that involves movie food. We do. <laughs> so, Hellboy. Um, great special effects. It's got some cute humor moments. Lo- beautiful practical props. Oh, though. absolutely. Like uh, the gauntlet that yes. Rasputin uses. That thing's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Prop Master was brilliant on a lot of, oh, yeah. of doohickeys. A good story arc goes well over several movies. 
could use a little more detail, a little more mm-hmm. explaining and backstory in some places, but overall, yeah. as a kind of a cult classic, I would give it a solid seven and a half or an eight, maybe. Yeah, I would definitely give it like an eight. That's yeah, pretty, it's something it's you pretty can good. watch several times and get get a little bit more out of each time. Mm-hmm. You know, keep it in your repertoire. Yeah. Um, I don't like how they just kind of like glazed over the fact that his hand was the key. Well, <laughs> right. You don't want to reveal everything. <laughs> no, but it's like all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, you you didn't wonder what your hand was for? It was a key." <laughs> how handy! But um, bump. Did you enjoy this episode of Avoid All Spoilers? Well, why not check out another episode of ours? If you want to give us a rating on iTunes while you're there, or if you want to give us more feedback than a simple star rating, go ahead and tweet me at Brad Bell underscore on Twitter. Thanks for listening.